Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. Tonight, we are talking about peace on earth, talking about uh, Christ coming to the world and bringing peace. We live in a world of chaos. We live in a world that is loud. We live in a world of breaking news. We live in a world of gossip and rumors and pain and suffering. And God says that he is sending peace to you through Jesus Christ. And if there's anything that you hear out of my mouth tonight, I want you to hear this. The one way for you to have true, actual, kingdom-sized peace in your life is through Jesus Christ. For there to be peace on earth, for there to be peace in your heart, and for there to be peace in this world, peace has to come through Jesus Christ. So... I want to show you something in scripture and then we're going to get started. This is a piece of of scripture. This is uh, Jesus's story. We're in John chapter 14. And Jesus has done this, you know, world tour of the Middle East and and his boys and, and, and his gang has been with him and they've been healing people and loving people and setting them free from their sin and all this other stuff. And it's coming down to the wire where he's about to be crucified. They're about to give, give him over to be crucified, right? They're, one of his people is going to betray him so that he is crucified. And he's having these final conversations saying, I'm going to have to leave now. And so his disciples are pretty freaked out because they've been following this dude for three years now. They've given up everything. Imagine giving up everything you ever had just to follow one person. And he's sitting you down at dinner and saying, okay, here comes the part where I leave. You know, you'd be pretty freaked out. Like, that would be pretty scary. And he's trying to explain to them, when I leave, our relationship will still stay strong because the chemistry of our relationship is the Holy Spirit of God. And and it used to be, he's explaining the Holy Spirit is coming to the disciples and to the world. And it used to be, and, and them as Jews would have thought, okay, the Holy Spirit of God has got to be in a certain place at a certain time under certain circumstances. But now what Jesus is saying is the Holy Spirit will come to you if you believe. And God will dwell in your heart if you believe me in what I say and what I teach. And so it's really kind of blowing them away. But then he ends on this. He says, I did, I, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives to you. It's not presence under a tree. It's a spirit of love and peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. And by saying that, he's saying, you are going to have troubles. There are moments where you're going to feel afraid, but I want you to remember to always come back to me when you need peace because you won't be able to find it out there and you won't be able to find it in yourself. And then he goes on to use this metaphor talking about the vine and the branches. And he's like, you could just imagine him going, okay, so what I'm trying to explain is like, you know, because he's trying to explain heaven coming to earth to like puny human brains. So he's like, okay, so imagine like a vineyard and then imagine the vine and then imagine the, the branches, Uh, So I'm the vine, that's where the water comes, you know, like that's where the plant grows, and you're the branches. And as long as you're connected to me, you'll continue to grow. You'll continue to have peace and love. But if you get disconnected from that, if you disconnect yourself from that, you will feel the death that comes with that. The death of your spirit, the, the unsettledness, the brokenness, the lack of peace in your heart, you'll feel that. And then he ends that portion by saying, I've told all of this so that you may have joy. And that your joy may be made complete. He's saying, the whole reason I'm doing this is to give you peace. And so that you feel like this life is worth living and that you have joy and that you can feel this peace as you walk through the rest of your days. And he continues through kind of using a few more metaphors. And right before he ends this thing with a prayer for them and for our church here today, Jesus says this, 
I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So Jesus is straight up acknowledging, a lot of people think when they become Christians that all their troubles will go away. But Jesus is saying, when you have troubles, not if you have troubles, come and find me. I will be the peace that you are looking for. I will be the peace that you've wanted all along. So we're talking all about how to find peace and where to, where to look to find that and how Jesus brings that into our lives. And I was thinking, the opposite of peace has got to be when your pet peeve happens, right? Okay, so I, I prepared a few of my pet peeves. One of them is when you get some freshy kicks for your birthday and... And yeah, and then like during passing period or like Walmart's too busy or whatever it is, someone gives you a flat tire in your new shoes. Yeah, I want to turn around and go, you know, but I don't, I don't, I don't do that. Um, do you notice how I missed my hand the first time? <laughs> I actually thought of a second one on my way here. Um, it's when maniacs are driving on 281 and, and they pass you really fast because they think you're going slow. But this one is like the opposite of a pet peeve. It's like really satisfying. And then the light turns red and you have to like, and you get to like pull up next to him and go, yeah, you were a tough guy, but it didn't turn out, did it? <laughs> you know, like you, you like end up in the same spot. That's very satisfying. Another opposite, uh, which would be a pet peeve is when I'm shopping in a store and I think I'm going to outsmart everybody. This, this line is taking forever and I see that line's going a little quicker and I kind of dramatically pick up all my stuff and move to that line, you know? So I'm like, watch this. And then it kind of turns into a competition. But of course, something goes wrong with this lady's transaction and then all of a sudden this line starts moving and it becomes like, I have got to get out here before those people. And so like, you, you, you know, like pulling out everything, making sure it happens and if I don't beat those other people through that line, I die inside. My, uh, my third one, I think just to wrap a bow on this would just be, um, in general, just Billie Eilish. Just, that, would be, <laughs> that would be my third one. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know. I know. Um, punk rock spirit, I love it. And she's super talented because she writes all her own songs and her brother writes her songs with her. Super cool. But I just saw that Apple Music named her the artist of the year. And I thought about in all the dynamics of what the art of music is, the top song is bad guy. You know, like in all the music in the world that was released that year, I'm just like, I just don't get that flavor, you know? Um, so if I ever met her though, if I ever met her, I would say, good job making music. You obviously have done better than I ever have. So <laughs> she wins. But uh, so good luck to her. She's doing great. So peace. That's a, I think we all, I think we all want peace. Um, and, and I think we try to find it in different places. So we, we believe the lie, like, first off, when we're looking for peace, that we'll find it out there. And, like, so um, the first place that we'll go is, like, I wish I had more money. That would give me peace. Or um, I wish I had this role on the team. That would bring me peace. Like, it's not really about the money. It's not really about the role on the team. It's really about the peace that you want to feel in your heart. Because you're feeling unsettled, you're feeling broken inside, and so you're thinking, that thing, maybe a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or, a, or that thing for Christmas, that will bring me the peace that I want. And so we're, I think at the root of it all, like we're all looking for the peace that will settle our souls in the things that we want, in the things that we feel like we need, um, whether it's things or roles or, or going viral or whatever. But when we don't get that peace, 
when we don't feel that satisfaction, I think the first thing that we do is we blame every, everybody else, right? So I don't have peace in my heart, so it must be that teacher's fault. I don't have peace in my heart, so it's that class. Like, that class is just way too hard. And so it's that, it's that class's fault. Or I don't, I don't have peace in my heart, and it's, it's the show choir's fault. It's the show choir's fault, yep. Or I don't have peace in my heart, it's the football team, basketball team, volleyball team. If they were only better, I would have peace. Um, or, or, you know, it's, if I had, uh, you know, a, a better home situation, if, if my family was filthy rich, that, then I would have peace. Then I would finally have peace. And we start blaming all these outside things for the peace that we want to feel. But it's their fault, okay? It's their fault. That's, that's where we're at. But I was reading, uh, and I, I was listening to a sermon by Earl McManus, and he had a great point. That oftentimes when we pray, think about your last few prayers that you've, that you've prayed. It's usually God changed that. God changed them. God fixed this. God give me that. It's usually like everything about what's wrong out here, right? But what he was saying was, God is wiser and he is so much higher and he's so much wiser in all of this that he understands that even if he gave you everything you wanted in those prayers, even if he gave you more money or he gave you that, that role on the team, even if he gave you this or that, that the problem still remains. Why does the problem still remain? Because you're still there. Because I'm still there. He knows that even if he changed all these things, you would bring your brokenness to those situations. And the problem really wouldn't be solved, and you would have no peace at all. So what if, this is just my suggestion, what if we were actually the problem? What if we were the thing that needed to be changed? What if the reason we can't find peace in our souls is because of our own doing? The way that we try to find peace in ourselves by saying, I will define myself this way. I will build a viral YouTube channel. If, on, if only that, that, that video would take off. I will, I will become the most popular girl by gossiping and rumors. I will become the alpha male by being the lead in the, in the team. I will become. And we try, to, we try to put peace into our heart by just doing things on our own power. But... C.S. Lewis had this great idea that every time we try to do something beyond us, obviously if we could give ourselves peace, we would have done it by now. But every time us humans try to do something on our own power, it's like we're trying to lift ourselves up by our own hair. It's just like it's, it doesn't do anything because we don't have the power to fix what's going on in our hearts. And so what if we were the actual issue? What if we were the ones that actually needed the heart change? What if we were actually what needed to change in order for us to have peace? Because when we don't have peace with ourselves, we're at war with ourselves. I know there are people in this room tonight that feel like they're at war with themselves. That feel like the pain that they feel is their own fault only if they could get their way out of it. That man, if I could just fix this thing, but I feel like it's unfixable. So many people feel like they're at war with themselves and their hearts. And so I want to show you tonight the way out of that war with yourself is ending the war that you are waging with God. But the first thing that I also want to teach you and show you is what peace actually is. What the goal of peace actually means. 
than what we're actually looking for. The word peace is common in most languages. People can talk about peace treaties or times of peace. It means the absence of war. And in the Bible, the word peace can refer to the absence of conflict, but it also points to the presence of something better in its place. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And in the New Testament, the Greek word is erene. The most basic meaning of shalom is complete or whole. The word can refer to a stone that has a perfect whole shape with no cracks. It can also refer to a completed stone wall that has no gaps and no missing bricks. Shalom refers to something that's complex with lots of pieces that's in a state of completeness, wholeness. It's like Job who says his tents are in a state of shalom because he counted his flock and no animals are missing. This is why shalom can refer to a person's well-being. Like when David visited his brothers on the battlefield, he asked about their shalom. The core idea is that life is complex, full of moving parts and relationships and situations. And when any of these is out of alignment or missing, your shalom breaks down. Life is no longer whole. It needs to be restored. In fact, that's the basic meaning of shalom when you use it as a verb. To bring shalom literally means to make complete or restore. So Solomon brings shalom to the unfinished temple when he completes it. Or if your animal accidentally damages your neighbor's field, you shalom them by giving them a complete repayment for their loss. You take what's missing and you restore it to wholeness. The same goes for human relationships. In the book of Proverbs, to reconcile and heal a broken relationship is to bring shalom. And when rival kingdoms make shalom in the Bible, it doesn't just mean they stop fighting. It also means they start working together for each other's benefit. This state of shalom is what Israel's kings were supposed to cultivate, and it rarely happened. So the prophet Isaiah, he looked forward to a future king, a prince of shalom. And his reign would bring shalom with no end. A time when God would make a covenant of shalom with his people and make right all wrongs and heal all that's been broken. This is why Jesus' birth in the New Testament was announced as the arrival of Irene. Remember, that's the Greek word for peace. Jesus came to offer his peace to others, like when he said to his followers, my peace I give to you all. The apostles claimed that Jesus made peace between messed up humans and God when he died and rose from the dead. The idea is that he restored to wholeness the broken relationship between humans and their creator. This is why the Apostle Paul can say Jesus himself is our Irene. He was the whole complete human that I am made to be but have failed to be. And now he gives me his life as a gift. And this means that Jesus' followers are now called to create peace. Paul instructed local churches to keep their unity through the bond of peace, which requires humility and patience and bearing with others in love. Becoming people of peace means participating in the life of Jesus, who reconciled all things in heaven on earth, restoring peace through his death and resurrection. So peace takes a lot of work because it's not just the absence of conflict. True peace requires taking what's broken and restoring it to wholeness, whether it's in our lives, our relationships, or in our world. And that's the rich biblical concept of peace. So this idea of peace being wholeness, uh, that there's a brokenness and that peace brings that together, that shalom makes things whole again, the brokenness. I want to say that the reason that we feel like we're at war with ourselves is because we're actually at war with the one who created us. That we're actually at odds with the one who created us. And here's how we do that. Scripture says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
while we were still enemies of God, while we were still running, while we were still being disobedient to God. We become enemies of God and we are at odds with our creator. And there's this unsettledness that you have when you're at odds with your creator. And some people, you, you know you have felt that, but you didn't know what it was. And it's that feeling of running from God and being disobedient, of sin in your life, of, of running from him, of feeling like you can continue to lie your way out of it, of feeling like you can continue to run and never take responsibility for your actions. The feeling that you can continue to gossip and destroy people. The feeling that you can continue to look at pornography and it won't affect you. The continued feeling of spreading rumors and hurting people and feeling like you can get away with it. That's being at odds with your creator. That's creating conflict with the one who made you and who loves you. But there's good news. Because while we were still sinners, while we were still running, while we were still being disobedient to God, Christ died for us to give us that peace. And if we have faith in the fact that he died for us, we are assured of that peace. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, this is where you can be confident of this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By having faith in Jesus Christ and faith alone, we can f know that we have peace with our creator, that we have peace with the Lord. And instead of running around and blaming everything that's out there, everything's wrong with that person, this thing, that event, this class, that team, or sitting there going, if I could just, if I could just, if I could just, Instead, recognizing that that peace is never going to come from there and it's never going to come from here. The peace that you're dying to have can only come from Jesus Christ rising from the dead. And I am confident that Jesus is a warrior of peace. That the entire reason that he came to this planet was to give you that peace so that you didn't have to worry, so that you didn't have to always feel struggle and trouble and pain. But that when you would feel trouble, then you, when you would struggle, when you would feel pain, you could return back to him and know that he is the source of that peace. Because right before he went to go be crucified, he was betrayed by one of his own, one of the 12, literally sold him out, went and got pieces of silver for the information of where Jesus was. And he sold him out and gave him over to the guards. And so he went to a cross, he went to a hill that he created, looking at people that he created, hanging on wood that he created, being spit on, being called names, being ripped to shreds. And he never, never once let a violent or vulgar thing leave his mouth towards the people who were doing it. He only said things like this, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That is a warrior of peace. And there's a stamp that that is exactly why he came after he rose from the dead, People were seeing Jesus risen from the dead, his resurrection body, and he appeared to the disciples. The disciples were like a town away hiding in a room because they were terrified that they were going to get killed next. So they were afraid. They were struggling. They were thinking if only out there was fixed, we would have peace. Or they were quarreling amongst themselves because they're looking across the room and going, he told you you'd deny him and you did. Why didn't we save him? Why didn't we fight for him? And they don't have peace in their hearts. 
And Jesus literally comes through the wall in a resurrected body, shows them the wounds on his wrists and on his feet. And the first thing he says is not this. He doesn't say, I remember when you sold me out. And I remember when you didn't fight for me. And I remember when you betrayed me. He said this instead, peace be with you. I love you all. And if you don't believe me, do you believe me now? He brings peace. One of the things that I personally struggle with is I believe the lie that stuff will give me peace. Like, I'm a really good shopper. Do I have any other really good shoppers in here? I'm talking about I find exactly what I want, I research it, and if it's clothes, I know exactly what the material is made of, 67% cotton, whatever the math is, other percent uh, polyester, and, and I like research it, and I like pay attention to it, and I, and I focus on it. But I get so wrapped up in thinking that once I get that thing, that I'll finally have that peace, and it's never true. And the Holy Spirit did something really cool for me this semester. I had a conversation with one of you about how just, how hell on earth your life is right now and how much pain you're going through and how broken your home is. And I'm like ripped to shreds hearing this from you. And I, <laughs> and I like, this is exactly why I do what I do is because I want to show you that there's peace and that there's hope and that you can have joy even when your world is falling apart. And I'm walking away from this conversation this last semester and the spirit of God shows me by, by a thought that wasn't my own, just this idea that no article of clothing could come for me in the distress that I feel right now. No iPhone could give me peace that I need right now for how much my heart hurts. No better car or whatever it is could solve the issue in my heart, only God can. Only God could give me the comfort that I needed in that moment to know that all is not lost, that this all isn't meaningless, that there's hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's just like my struggle. What is yours? Like what's the thing that you run to What's the thing that you try to find your peace in? Is it your spot on the team? Is it your spot in the choir? Is it your spot in the class? Or is it how much money you'll make in the future and what your job will be and what university you'll go to or what college you'll be in? Is that where you're trying to find your peace? Because when the storm hits, when the struggles come and when the things get hard, none of that none of that will satisfy in that moment. Only the saving grace of Jesus Christ who promised to bring, bring peace to this planet will fill the hole, the gaping hole in your heart. And so tonight I want you to see, hopefully very clearly, that Jesus Christ is indeed the peace on earth that we need. Peace I give to you and peace I will leave you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I tell you all of this so that you may have joy and that your joy may be complete. And I want out of all of this to give you peace. Why? Because I've overcome the world and all the things that you're afraid of and all the things that are holding you back and all the things that are bringing you pain, I've overcome them all. 
All you have to do is trust me and continue to remember that peace will not come from out there and peace will not come from in here. Peace will come through Jesus Christ and the spirit that he has given us. And so tonight I have two questions for you. The first one is, are you at war with God? Are you hiding things? Are you living a double life? Are you thinking that you're getting away with it? Are you at war with God? Are you constantly gossiping about other people? Are you constantly ruining other people's lives trying to make yours a little better? Are you constantly going to your phone and scrolling through pornography? Are you constantly, constantly texting hurtful, hateful things to people to try to make yourself feel better? Are you at war with God? God says, love me and love the people around you. Are you doing that? What pieces of your life are at war with God right now? And I would, I would take a guess. I'm not 100% positive. I would take a guess that those are the things that are destroying the peace in your life. The places where you are at war with God right now are the exact reason that you feel broken and you feel the turmoil in your soul, that you do not feel shalom, you do not feel complete. Where are you at war with God? Second. Okay, so if out there is not the thing that needs to change, and if in here isn't gonna be the thing that ends up changing it, what about me? What about me does God need to change? My second question to you is, what does the Lord need to change in your heart? that you've tried to change on your own, but it hasn't worked? What medicine do you continue to use, whether it's gossip, pornography, um, a, a role going viral, money, you know, fame, whatever it is, what's the medicine that you're using to try to, try to heal your heart? What's the thing that God needs to change about that? What's the thing that God needs to change within your soul? I want you all to close your eyes and I want you to bow your head. And I don't know if you've ever prayed before. I don't know if you've ever tried. But I know, I'm very confident that God hears you and that he is not intimidated nor running from nor ignoring any effort you put into communicating with him. He is one step behind you waiting for you to turn around and say, I need you. If the King of Peace has come to this planet, we have hope. I wanna give you 30 seconds to maybe say the first prayer you've ever prayed in your life, maybe the first honest prayer you've ever prayed in your life, maybe a prayer about the way that you've been waging war against God and you want to say through faith in Jesus Christ, God, I want peace with you. Forgive me. And he will forgive you in a moment because Jesus Christ has already paid the price. Jesus Christ has already died the death you deserve and is waiting to pay your bill. What is the peace of your life that is at war right now? 
a God that loves you so much that he would send his son into the world to die for you is not going to be angry with you as you approach him. Just like the stories that Jesus tells, he's going to say, welcome home, son. Welcome home, daughter. I've been waiting. I'm going to give you 30 more seconds to be in this moment. Maybe this, this is the first time this year you've been in a moment like this. Maybe the first time in your life. The king has come and we can have peace on earth. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.